In the 12th chapter of Mark, verses 38 through 44, Jesus poses a challenging contrast between those who give out of their abundance and the widow who gives away everything, even the little that she has. This raises questions about how we as Christians share our gifts with the body of Christ and a world in need. In this sermon delivered on November 12, 2006, the Reverend Richard Helmer also reflects on the story of Elijah and the widow in the first book of Kings, chapter 17, inviting prayerful consideration of how we decide how much to give away to others. As the Lord our God lives. Amen. So Jesus says in today's gospel, beware the scribes who go about in long robes. I have nothing else to add to that except beware. There are two widows who appear in today's readings, and they are remarkably similar. In their ancient contexts, they share a common fate. Without a husband or, it seems, other family to support them, their days are quickly approaching an end. They live at the edge. It is a time of great drought in today's reading from the book of Kings. Elijah, the great prophet, has confronted Ahab, the new king who has been busy building new temples and altars to Baal, that great idol of demons of the Old Testament. And Elijah says to Ahab, because of what you are doing, God will send a drought on the land. And indeed it comes. But the widow like many people who are on the edge and caught in times of political upheaval, is pushed over the edge. Her time, along with much of world history, was before the time of life insurance, of annuities, and social security. There was no fallback for the family of a deceased husband, so widows were among the most vulnerable in this culture. And this widow, she and her son, aside from being poor, are finally left completely bereft of any means of sustaining their life. And because of their precarious existence, they are among the first to suffer the consequences of parched earth. So when Elijah arrives on the scene, she is gathering sticks to prepare the last meal for her remaining family. And although she greets Elijah with an honorific statement, as your God lives, she admits that she is at the edge of all things, the end of life, looking alone into the destitution and bitterness of starvation. I wonder just as much about the mysterious widow who appears in today's gospel. Like so many gospel characters, she enters and leaves the story without a name. Jesus, in Mark's account, 
has just excoriated the scribes for devouring the homes of widows, still in the first century, marginalized and living on the edge, just as they were in Elijah's time. And the cruelty of the world falls most squarely on the shoulders of this widow, and yet she is not allowed off the hook of the expected temple alms. And I imagine these last two copper coins, all that she had, were an outward sign of the same reality the widow in the book of Kings faces when she tells Elijah, I am now gathering a couple of sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Jesus' observation indeed suggests a gut-wrenching reality about a woman who is offering the last of her treasure to God like a dying breath with a prayer. In these days, we are sorely tempted to raise the widow up, as we have done so often in the past, as an example of sacrificial giving, or as some heroic witness of, quote, true faith. But given Jesus' hard words for the scribes in this passage and given the contrast he offers between those who give out of their abundance and the widow's offering out of her destitution, he seems much more concerned, it seems to me, with the injustice of the widow's sacrifice and the unspoken but clearly articulated faith in God that she demonstrates in giving all that she has. As I wrestled with these texts this week, I was left with very few answers and many more questions. The most pressing seems to me how best to talk about the way we give financially towards the needs of others, and of course to the religious community of which we are a part. Jesus in today's gospel seems to pose no easy answer to these questions. Are we to be like the widow and give away everything? Or are we like those who are giving out of their abundance, but who sometimes fall into ignoring the widow's plight? The challenge and the call about what we do with our money is profoundly spiritual. It's one where we are called to wrestle with and to do so honestly, with humility, and with a great deal of prayer. Stewardship Committee and I are preparing letters to go out to the congregation in the next few weeks. We have a challenge ahead to keep the jar full of meal and the jug of oil from failing. We at Church of Our Savior have been running on a deficit for a few years, and we've gotten into a cash crunch the past several months. We are coming to a crossroads where we are needing to grow, not only to sustain what we have been given, but to reach out more effectively in the communities we serve, to bear greater witness to a world in need. But to begin, please let me thank all of you who have given, and given generously to Church of Our Savior, particularly in recent years, when there have been difficult and painful times with comings and goings, uncertainty about leadership, and hard words. Thank you, first of all, for my family, 
We have food on our plates, health care, a roof over our heads, paid bills, and a car to drive because you provide a position where I may be a priest and pastor. And I say this with no bitterness. We may not be in the big bucks. No one enters ordained ministry for big bucks. But we do have sufficient to give to others, including Church of Our Savior, out of what we have. And thank you on behalf of our staff for Esty, who just joined us, whose tremendous experience and gifts are already starting to grow our youth and children's ministries along with our lay leadership. For Lynn, who comes in and works long hours, making sure the bulletins get printed, the phone and the email are answered, the leadership is coordinated, and sometimes that's just as simple as letting the rector know where he left his jacket. And all this so your priests can do the work of priesthood without being overwhelmed by the minutia of the day-to-day business of running a parish. Thank you on behalf of Dan, who wows us with great music, deals with the ciphers on the organ, directs and grows our choir with deep love, and whose wise counsel is a great gift to me, to our staff, and our entire community. And thank you to all of you who volunteer hours, some of you long hours, to keep the roof fixed, the programs running, the history alive, the altar tidy, the music lively, the godly play in Middle Saints rooms vibrant for our children, the garden tended, time available for our youth, the vestry leading, our confirmands confirming, the social events happening, our eye on the needs of the greater world, and the list goes on and on. Thank you. The lights are on because of your generosity. The boiler is in place because you have given, and soon the heat will be on again. (laughs) And the roof is being fixed because of your thoughtfulness. We keep holy space because of your generosity. Holy because it offers a place for us to gather together and pray and break bread. Holy because it is a place where we mine for hope and encounter God so that we may be aware of the divine presence in the rest of our often busy and overwhelming at times lives. In the next couple of weeks, you will be asked, if you have a financial commitment here, to prayerfully consider raising your pledge to help meet our current financial challenges. And if you haven't yet made a financial commitment to this faith community, you will be asked to begin one. You will be invited to articulate your faith, not only with words, but with the gifts out of your daily life. You see, the money that you have and I have is sacramental. It represents a value of our work and lives, and whenever we spend save or give it, we are saying something about the sacred priorities of our souls. When we give to the work and life of the church and to those in need, we are saying something about the priority God has in our lives. We are investing the substance of who we are in the work of the community of God's people. There is little that could be more spiritual Except that lovely ringtone. Where is that? (laughs) There is little that could be more spiritual or more sacramental than what we give. 
So we are called into the paths of Elijah, who is summoned by God to aid others with every gift he has. For him, it is the gift of prophecy. For many of us, it is the hours we offer in service here and the gifts from our bank accounts and paychecks. Jesus notes in Mark's Gospel today that he makes note of all those who have given out of their abundance in sustaining the life of their faith community. And he knows, of course, that there are a few of us who give, like the widow in today's Gospel, everything that we have. And those who have done that know best the peace and freedom of leaving everything in God's hands. The rest of us, and that's most of us, right, are invited, even expected by Christ, to nourish a spiritual discipleship of giving and giving generously. I ask you to pray about that in the coming weeks as we share with you more about the vision we hold and hope for here at Church of Our Savior. I ask you to wonder about the price of a few trips to Starbucks or Pete's Coffee or a dinner out once a month and what it might mean to offer the cost of that instead to a community dedicated to the gospel, a community that brings you challenges in faith, but also memorable joy and healing to many. And I ask you to search with me in your hearts for that abundant life, for we are not beholden to our treasure, but to a God who promises everything in abundance if we will only loosen our grip a little and let go for the God of Elijah, the God of Jesus, and the God of the widow with no name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We strive to be a welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or through our website, OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.